Welcome to Macedonian Postcards. Dobrodojdovte vo Makedonske razglednica. My name is David Belidis. Ja sum Dragi Spasovski. And we're your hosts for this show. It's brought to you by Izvor Music. You can look at our website at izvormusic.com. That's spelled I-Z-V-O-R, music.com. Today's postcard is from Debarsko. In the song is Snoštite prativ navoda tjerko. Deber is not very often mentioned as a singing area. And uh, why? Maybe because uh, Deber is not an area where many singers step forward up on the stage to sing or to introduce themsel- themselves with the radio recordings or even uh, uh, public appearances. So there was only few. In fact, if you ask me how many do I know, it's only one. Kirill Manchevsky and another guy from Debersko. He's a Macedonian Muslim and he sings traditional songs from, from the Reka, Rekanska area, which is not far away from Deba. <laughs> But I, as I said, not very, very many people, very many singers know that area. Kirill Manchewski was the first one to step out of anonymity and present the folk songs from uh, his area. He was 
born in a village not far away from Deba, but uh, his songs are all from Deba area. What makes it specific? Maybe it's not the song, it's not the melody, it's not the folk song type of that area which is different, unless we talk about the folk music of the Macedonian Muslims. They do have an accent of a different sounding music rather than the regular pattern of traditional Macedonian song. And the question is, what is a regular pattern? Of course, to one area, it can be a regular pattern. Like Kumanovsko, most of the songs, something like probably 80%, are two-note songs. Like... Those are two notes. Like a lot of your mom's songs that we've recorded. Most of them, mm-hmm. yes, most of them, yes. But then again, if you go, for instance, Ohrit area, they do not have these two notes. I mean, they might have, they do, but it's not that characteristic of that region. They have more wider range of songs, and you can distinguish them by the dialect. They are from Ukrit. You can tell by the dialect in the songs. dialect then as well? Yes, there is Debra dialect and the way uh, Manchevsky sings, presents these folk songs are slightly, slightly different with an accent which is not 100% the same as, let's say, from Galichnik, where uh, Tsarievsky comes from, and still different, way different from the Skopje region. Why is it so? Because... And again, I'm going to emphasize it has to do something with the way Kirill Manchevsky expresses his feelings into the song. The way he does his interpretation from going from an upper tune into a lower tune, you know, kind of gradually going smoothly, weaving still his emotions into the tunes and gradually coming from an upper scale note to lower Slowly, slowly, slowly. And the ornaments, the ornaments that he is using, again, are slightly, slightly different. For a regular music lover, Macedonian music lover, it may not appear as a different tune, as a different approach and a different expression of a singer's emotions and feelings. But to a person who knows Macedonian music, somebody who has lived with the music all their lives in there, they can easily, they can easily see the difference like I've mentioned in the past. It was on my EFC virtual workshop. I was presenting a slow song. It was an ending of the song, which was one of those not high-range songs. 
And I told them, this is the way I approach the song. And I told them, if Vaska is interpreting the song, she would, more than 90%, I can guarantee you that she would finish it in a different way. And I presented the way she most of the time finishes the end of the verse. And I said, and if we have Vanya Lazarova, she would definitely, she would definitely, definitely do it this way, which is slightly different from Vasquez. If we have trio Kuchkovki, I said, Zvezda Dimovska, the leading voice, would absolutely finish it the way she does. We might have another, you know, podcast for the ornaments in Macedonian music. But this time we'll just stay strictly, stick to Debar and Kirill Manchevsky. And Kirill Manchevsky, as I said, has his own, very own approach of interpretation. And somebody who described Kirill Manchevsky in this kind of uh, way of his specific interpretation of the folk songs, in the slow songs, his voice echoes in a broad space and gradually it blends with the silence of the end of the tone. It's almost like a snowflake coming slowly down toward the palm of the hand, and at the time when it reaches the palm, it gradually melts out of the palm. That's how he described the way of Kirill Manchevsky's interpretation and lyricism that he puts in the songs. on the stage in the 50s. He was not one of the first set of singers, the group with Vaskilieva, Blagavides, Nikola Badev, Sarievsky. He came slightly after them. Most probably it was something around 58, 59. 
the very, very late 50s, because I remember in the 60s, he was already very popular. And it was easy to distinguish his voice by the softness in the interpretation. It was soft. It was different from Badev. Badev has a soft voice, but Badev actually does not have a lot of lyricism, emotional lyricism in the interpretation, and nor does Sarievsky. Sarievsky goes straight with a strong voice, but there's no softness. There is in one or two songs, but still it's different. It's not exactly the same as the way Kirill Manchevsky is being well known for. <laughs> So he was actively recording in the 60s and in the 70s with various folk dancing associations and groups. He had a chance to go and travel into the world and present the beauty of the Macedonian singing. Because most people think only women can sing and make all these, you know, fantastic ornamentation to weave into the song. But actually, he proved that a man can equally contribute to the song with the way, you know, we decorate one tune from another or with the way we connect one note with the next one coming. So he is a good example of that, and people really loved him. Kirill Manchevsky mostly was a solo, a solo singer. The very first time in duet I heard him was with a lady I don't remember the name of the lady. That was the only very popular and very often running recording with the two of them on the radio program I mean running. I never heard another another song in the program with Manchevsky and that lady. And the song was... <laughs> But this song I also heard among the Yuruk, Yurutsi, the Pomaks in Bulgarian are known as Pomaks. The Yuruks, which are from Eastern Macedonia around the Pradovich, there's a lot of them over there. So I heard this song over there singing, uh, and they go, which is the same song, but instead of Kokono, they sing Saltano. 
And these are from different, completely opposite sides of the country. Debar is very northwest end of Macedonia, the border with Albania. And the other ones are from Eastern Macedonia. So what I was thinking of, maybe the Macedonian Muslims had the song among them. And Debar, it's bordering with the area where a lot of Macedonian Muslim population lives. So it might have, the song might have migrated from one area to another area by being presented by the Macedonian uh, Muslim people. So, so that's my understanding. So this particular song, you heard sung by Manchesky and this lady, and you also heard it sung by Macedonian Muslims in Eastern Macedonia. The lyrics were different. Not much different. In the version of Kirill sings with the lady, it says, Nemi sedi kokono, which is a name for a lady, kokona. And the Macedonian Muslims say, Nemi sedi saltano. And saltana is another name addressing a lady. It's a Turkish word. Right. So, so the words were pretty close. But were the dialects of each of them singing the same? Or were they different dialects? In the singing, you cannot really distinguish okay. exactly if there is a difference. In the dialect. No, you cannot, except if there is different words. So Manchesky was, was not a Macedonian Muslim. He no, was, no, okay. he, he, was, um, he was a Macedonian, a Christian Macedonian. But it sounds like it's possible that he also sang songs that were common in the Macedonian Muslim culture. David, we're talking about the region, which is, let's say, probably 50 miles. And... These two regions are neighboring. So you cannot have a Chinese wall, a great wall, in there in between these two regions and no mixing. Hey, music mixes from one country into another country. Clearly. It has no limits. has no limits. I, I agree. So, and besides, do you think in Deborah there were not Macedonian Muslims? Deborah was a place, a city, you know. It's a town, actually. It's not a big city. It's a town. I'm sure a lot of the Macedonian Muslims from the villages migrated to the city, to the town, and they mixed with everybody else just like in other location. And to answer a question whether Kirill sang songs from the Macedonian Muslim population areas, the answer is yes. And I don't think I'm just speculating on this because in his repertoire he has few songs uh, mentioning Muslim names like Nesedi Rasim Raspashan. Rasim is a male name, which is a Muslim name. And Kirill successfully uh, recorded this song. Nesedi Rasim and also there is another one song, Reshiv Dasise Ojanam, which in the original recording, the very first recording, uh, which is engraved in my mind, in my brain, the recording was with a, a female name, Aria, which is a Muslim female name again. The song was like, Reshiv da si se ožena, Reshiv da si se ožena, zajedno mlad 
Later on, he re-recorded the song, and they, re- they, I don't know who it was exactly, but in the song, the name Iria was replaced with my love, my beloved one. And Nesedi Rasim Raspashan, clearly, it's a Muslim name, which indicates that that is a Macedonian Muslim song. So he did record songs from that region because, as I said, it was next door area and the music was just, you know, going both ways from the Macedonian Christians to the Macedonian Muslims and vice versa. That was a symbiotic mixing of both cultures. I'm referring to the phenomenon of different cultures or countries claiming a song as their own song. Even composed songs that were in one country or culture claimed by another country, which changes the language of the lyrics and says, okay, this is this country's song. So when you talk about the Macedonian Muslims on on the east and then Manchevsky on the northwest singing basically the same song, it sounds like you're saying it was a Macedonian song that the cultures in the country would just sing as a Macedonian song, not it's my cultural, I own this song. It's just a, a Macedonian song. Exactly. Yeah, you said it right at the end. I like your conclusion, and you're right. Getting somebody else's song, even a composed one, and claiming it to be changing the words, lyrics, and claiming it to be from a different area, it's a different, totally different policy which is going on into the world today. We're not going to go into that. We're talking about a natural a migration of the folk songs from one to another area. People were moving. There were a lot of people going to earn bread and butter from a di- in a different location. Right, right. There was an EFC list. There was a question about Bufchansko, a dance which is from uh, village of Buf. And somebody said, oh, you know what? Uh, I found a recording of uh, Bufchansko on the island of Crete. And actually that is... That is not a Bufchansko, but whoever posted that forgot that in that area, in northern Macedonia, Greece sent a lot of soldiers from the southern or wherever, you know, in Greece to the north Macedonia because of the uprising or whatever, you know, the political turmoil. And I think I told you yes, this. Yes, you have we a theory about this. this. Yes. And I said, well, okay, if you had some soldiers over that area, And they stayed in that area for some time. They mixed with the people. They were the village gatherings. Panagiris, when they organized this dancing, somebody might have heard the dance. Somebody might have seen the dance. Somebody might even dance the dance along with the rest of the people in there. And going back to Kriti, the island of Kriti, they recorded or sang the song or played the song because the way the recording was done It was not like a Macedonian type of, it was not really exactly a Macedonian style. So I'm going to speculate now, but I would rather you accept the theory, the possibility that somebody from the village of Booth heard the, the, the melody and took it over to his area. No, someone, someone that was stationed in the Exactly, village. that's what I'm saying from these soldiers, because there were soldiers stationed in there. So when they went back home, They took whatever they learned from the place where they spent some time. Right. So this topic, I'm sure, has been mined by anthropologists for a long time. Let's get back to Snoshti Separativ. This song is specific to Debar then? 
you haven't heard it anywhere else in Macedonia sung by different populations or anything like that? David, nowadays, every song is being recorded everywhere. This song is even, I've heard a recording in Bulgaria, and they claim it to be Macedonia, a Bulgarian song. But the very first recording, the very first time, the very first person who introduced this song into the public was Kirill Manchevsky. The only conclusion which leads to locating the area would be Kirill Manchevsky, coming from Deba. So because he did record almost all of his songs, the one that he brought for the recording for Radioscopia are from Deba area. We're not talking about the songs that later on who were composed for him and Violeta Tomovska to sing. Oh, that duet, yes. Yes. The only other person that Kirill Manchevsky recorded in duet was with Violeta Tomovska, and that was after the tour they had with Orsia Nikolov. <laughs> So they were touring for three months and they sang together. And when they went back, immediately Kocho Petrovsky, who was on the trip with Orza Nikolov, immediately composed, not all of them were compositions, he selected four folk songs and kind of made musical arrangement. And he asked them to sing the songs. And that was the very first single record, 45, by Manchevsky and Violeta Tomovska. And then immediately followed Makedonsko Devoice, immediately, which is a composition by, by Jonce Hrisovski. Another, you know, songs. Unfortunately, Kirill Manchevsky didn't live long. He passed away when he was uh, 38 years oh, ago. Oh, my goodness. On few occasions, on a couple of occasions, actually, I met his mother. This was in the 80s uh, when I met her. I didn't know who she was. We're talking about something with another guy who was, who was installing his phone line into her apartment. I was kind of helping him with the phone lines. And he mentioned, when is your next recording? He asked me. 
And when she heard radio recording, she immediately said, well, kids, you don't know who I am. I'm Kirill Manchevsky's mother. And he passed away. And he, she started talking about it was a great loss to her. So unfortunately, we lost a very, very talented folk singer. Do you know how he died? No, I don't know. I didn't ask the mother. I felt uncomfortable of asking. Course. I felt yeah. uncomfortable. But he was sick for a while, not for a long time. <laughs> okay, he, he had been ill. Yeah, he okay. was ill for a while, not very long. And the interesting thing is, he smoked a lot. Kirill Manchevsky, I don't know how he produced such a nice and honeyed voice with all that smoking, but one occasion... He was a guest singing artist with uh, Orson Nikolov, and we were in the same car riding, and he was smoking, man, 15 minutes of riding. He probably had two cigarettes within 15 minutes. And yet his voice was still mellow, nice. Later on, a lot of, a lot of people recorded Snorstit Operativ Navoda, the most notable would be the one that Bidanka Georgievska recorded. And there's also others. There's Naum Petrovsky and his daughter. A lot of others, but I'm actually the only one who recorded this song with Narodni Instrumenti. Aha. Yeah, all these others are with classical instruments. Narodin Orchestra? Narodin Orchestra. Also, Pepe Baftirovsky recorded the song. Talk about the song itself. What does it mean? What's well, the context? It, uh, the, this context, just like in 99% of the songs, it's love. And some love is fortunate, some love is not unfortunate, or sometimes it's about a secretive love that the girl is trying to hide away from her parents, especially the mother, but the, my, the mother always being the wise one. Why wise? Because she probably went through the same <laughs> thing a while, you know, they were young. And uh, she's talking to her daughter, what happened to you? Uh, somebody broke your water jars at the water well. Uh, who did it? Who it was? And the girl, you know, is being naive. I don't know. It was dark and there were a lot of people and I could not recognize the person who, <laughs> who, who broke my, my jars. But you know, mom, now confession part, but I took a little look at the guy and it seems it was like it was my beloved one. So, and she goes, and like in many other songs, hey, just stay away until, you know, your, your father comes from a different location. You see, in the song, we have people telling that people are working in different 
places, different regions right, right. of Macedonia. So she's advising her, don't make any further steps between you and the guy. Wait until your father, no, your brothers come back. And uh, the girl goes, oh, whether they come or not, I'm not going to wait for them. And wait for the father because, you know, the father is this, the pillar of the house. What father says in those days, that's amen. And but the girl is persistent and a little bit stubborn, maybe, and strongly self-orientated and goes, whether my father comes or not, let him, the black news comes to him, meaning that she already ran away with a guy. So that's what the song is again, you know, love, but in a different way of telling the parents, telling the family that the girl is in love. Way, way back, even the guys had to wait the right moment to let the father know that they're in love or that they intend to get married. It was not a step that you make on your own. It has to be approved by the elders, especially the father. So you said approved, but I'm wondering if there was a tradition of arranged marriages in, in Macedonia. <laughs> of course. Okay, so this was after that period of time? No. This is during that period. During it's that not period. after, no, because, you know, the mother advises her, but, you know, not necessarily 100%. They waited for the approval. Very often they were madly in love, uh, like in the movies, and there would not be any barriers to make them stop or give up the love. So the girl is a runaway bride. Yeah, or sometimes even the guy is being expelled from the house if the girl is not appropriate for the household. Like, you know, it's a rich household and she comes from a poor family and it's not, you know, a, a matchable suit for the, for the family. So they would expel both the, they would expel the couple? Yes, from of the course, the, the couple. Okay. They would expel the, expel the guy and the guy goes, of course, with the girl. Right, right. So, and that's why we have... Domazet. Domazet is Zet is the bridegroom. We have a Domazet expression means a bridegroom going to the bride's house. Moving there. Moving, of course, going to the house. That's why there were a lot of cases when the guys would move to the house and he's a Domazet. And sometimes, you know, the domazet would agree to go to a house. If there are no males in the house where the bride comes from, they agree he goes to leave, move uh, with the bride in the house. So there is a male to be a pillar, to be a post, the main, you know, um, male person in, in the house. Of all the songs that you could have chosen for the CD, there were, for the, all three CDs, there were 54 what made you choose this particular song? Because I always loved, um, I love Manchevsky's songs. This is not the only one. Also, Brale, Brale, Sena Brale. Brale, Brale, Brale. Oh, yeah. That's his song, too. Yeah, he recorded the songs with Narodin Orchestra, with traditional uh, instruments, and I recorded with folk, Izvorni instrumenti. So I loved, I loved the song. I loved the way that he sang. It was always inside of me. I said, why not to? And I mentioned that to Stefcha. And he said, yeah, why not? It's a very nice song and you can do it. You have, your voice is soft. 
So you can, you can do it. So that's how I decided to record the song. Davai me mamoza ne golele Zar sama kyodam po nego Davai me mamoza ne golele Zar sama kyodam po nego You've been listening to Macedonian Postcards brought to you by EzvorMusic.com. Слушавте Македонска разгледница, представено от EzvorMusic.com. We're your hosts, David Belidis и Драги Спасовски. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Благодарим, че бяхте с нас и до слушане. Музиката